Alright. Good morning. I don't know, I heard a whole discussion about YouTube. I just got a message from David Hagal, who's watching from California on YouTube. He said if you hit the playlist, you could get it even before it actually uploads, because we're having a lot of trouble. It's taking many, many hours. I think it still didn't upload from last night's cheer. That's what he says. It works for him. Hit the playlist. Try it out. All right. So, today's shear, well, first of all, today is the 10th day in the Oimer. Can't really see it, but there's a nice background here. It's the, today's daf. Beautiful job by the seltzer boy, Rib Nechemio. Today's shear is being sponsored, Lilu Nishmaz, Genindel Bas Shmuel. I actually knew her. She was in my building, I believe. This is Mrs. Hansi Bodenheim. The Bodenheims used to live in our building. It's Nachman Seltzer's father-in-law. He should be somewhere over there in the screen. I don't see him exactly, but maybe he's on... Oh, here he is. Rabaira, how you doing? The Shama should have an aliyah. She was a wonderful woman. It's her first yard site. Ira's mother is the only child, a Holocaust survivor, and left behind more than a hundred descendants, all Shomrei Torah Mitzvahs. That's unbelievable. In today's generation, to have every single one, that's a tremendous, tremendous chos. For Neshama should have an aliyah. A continuation of yesterday, we had the uh, Tiefenbach, Lilu Nishmas, and here's a continuation. Lilu Nishmas, Chaim ben Rufal, Ben Reb Rufal Avigdor Leibish Zuchron Levorcha Bracha Bas Reb Rufal Avigdor Leibish Zuchron Levorcha Reb Ruvain Ben Shloimeh Zuchron Levorcha and Tinoik Ben Ruvain Zuchron Levorcha, and we also have a continuation. I, I just left it here for Dr. Epstein. By the way, Rabbi Bodenheim, if you would have lived in my building, I would have had you on the on the main floor. Well, the first floor not. Then we have on the second floor we have only two residents, but both of them are part of the Shir. Ruvain Shade, of course, who does the eight minute daf. And Dr. Epstein. And who else? That's it. Third floor. Who's below me? No, they don't do it. Chaval. Well, let's, let's hang this up here. So you got four customers from this, uh, from this building. What do we have here today? To explain these Ilu Nishmas here. Second part of the yard side that... My mother, Alea Shalom, had for her mother's Pashavis. Apparently, the Germans, Yimach Shemom, took advantage of the fact that the families and the extended families were together around the times of Yom Toivim. And on Chof Nisan, after Pesach, in 1942, they came back for another four members of her family, and that's what you have over there, the Tiffenbachs, and three members of her sister's family, and Tinoik, who's only... He was, how old? He didn't have a name. A one-day-old nephew. One-day-old nephew, Tinoik ben Ruvain. From the Mankevich. The Shomas should all have an aliyah. This is from, from Sid Wellman. Reb Eli, being a worldwide magicheer, you got to keep the beard. Looks great and it's holy. Sid from Toronto. Sid Wellman. He's not on, right? That's somebody else. That's another... All right. What do we? Ellie, we got a new guy from Renana on. Paul Hamburger. Paul. Shalom Paul. Hold on. I'm looking. Simon Cohen brought him in. Who? The cousin. Simon Cohen. Ah, Simon Cohen. He's dangerous, that Simon. 
<laughs> All right, Paul. Shalom Aleichem, Paul. I don't see him, but look at this. We got the wise fishes from England. They wake up at 4.30 in the morning. So this is, uh, I don't know if I, I told you guys, I saved him a watch from the scene. We had watches for kids, and it has the little uh, MDY emblem on it. So one day, when the little wise fish, I think his name is Shmuley, comes to Eretz Yisrael, I'm putting this aside for him. Uh, Rebelli, here's another one. Thank you so much for all the efforts you put in this year. Just wanted to let you know that I get much enjoyment watching each year from clean shaven to a stub, waiting for the day when you'll have a full grown. What's with these guys? Full grown beard. Wishing you and your family a chakosher v'samech, a friend of Aaron Feinstone, Chicago. And this is Jay Spitzer. I thought I saw Jay on there. Jay Spitzer from Toronto on there? I thought I saw him. Maybe it was somebody else. Yeah, here he is. Shalom Aleichem Jay. How are you? What are you, English? Because I heard like an accent or something over there. No, no, I'm, I'm plain old Canadian. Oh, you are Canadian. It's the Canadian accent yeah. that threw me off. Okay, I got it. It's Canadian. Okay, Raveli, enjoying your share, especially on Motsi Shabbos when I join in on Zoom. So for you, it's Motsi Shabbos, you're saying. Right now, it's Motsi Shabbos for you. You missed the Motsi Shabbos here last night and you're doing the Sunday. I got it. Just the question is, to why do you shut down the YouTube recording right after the shear ends, and you don't keep it going for the Tehillim or the Shmuz with the Chevron Zoom? As a guy who watches primarily on YouTube, it would be nice to hear the stuff that continues once the official shear is done. Just wondering, and if you could change this, that would be great. Thanks, Jay Spitzer, Toronto. I mean, the, the answer is because it doesn't look so good on YouTube when the shear is two and a half hours long and people look, oh, I don't want to do this shear, it's two and a half hours long. They don't realize that, well, 25 minutes is emails and only 10 minutes of learning and then the rest is all schmoozing at the end. So if I left it on, I don't know, if somebody has something to say about that, I'm willing to hear, willing to change it, I have no problem. I just thought the, the less time it is on YouTube, the better. For somebody coming in afterwards, he says, oh, 45 minutes, okay, I'll do that shear. If it says an hour and 20 minutes, it might be a problem. You hear Jay? You hear the title? He hears. Okay. What? I got it. I got it. I see the point. I see. Uh, I, I, and someone new, I mean, someone who's been listening for a while, realizes, you know what? There's a 45 minutes to a 55 minutes here, and then there's other stuff. Like you're saying, a lot of people want to check out new, and they're not, not familiar, so. Yeah. I noticed. I, if you go back in, in history, all the shiurim that have like, they're over an hour, they have very few views. Nothing to do with the shear, of course, that's to do with the minutes, you know, I'm just saying. Fine. Jonathan Stefanski, good morning, how are you? Today is Daf Mem Dalid. We're starting from a brand new Mishnah. Um, six lines down from the top. Metaltalin Ner Chodosh. We are talking about this candle right over here. Ner means a lamp. And in those days, this was made out of earthenware. I had, I bought, I, was, I think I was ripped off once. You know, like as a tourist, you go through the old city and a guy came over to me and then my tour guide said, this guy, you could trust him. And they sold me one of these straight out of the base Hamikdash. One of these guys, it was very, very inexpensive for the, I, but I think somebody just took it from my, I, I looked for it. It was in my closet the other day before Purim and after Purim, it's gone. So I don't know what happened. Anyway, one of these, they're very popular here in Eretz Yisrael. You find them in all those uh, archaeological sites. You put the oil in here. What is this? This is a new kind of muktzah. 
we're going to be discussing a little bit today, called Muksa Machmas Mius. It's disgusting. It, it's full of black uh, soot and oil. oil. Who, nobody wants to touch it. Muksa Machmas Mius. So it says like this, Metaltalin Ner Chodosh, if it's brand new out of the box, it's not Muksa Machmas Mius. It's not disgusting yet. It's a brand new earthenware. Avalo Yoshon, but not an older one, according to the Tanakamo, it's Muksa Machmas Mius. Reb Shimon Oimer, Reb Shimon Lishitasai, oh, here's David Feinberg, he's showing on the screen what one of these looks. Doesn't look so Mius to me, maybe it was never used, fine. But that doesn't look, uh, your kid made that, no? That part is Mius, I, I see. He's showing the, the, where, where the flame comes out. I'm saying the whole thing, if it's soaked in oil day and night, it's a pretty disgusting thing. Nobody wants to touch it. A new, it's a new category of Muktza. Reb Shimon is the one who, who's Mekel in Muktza. We had yesterday, he doesn't hold of Muktza Machmas Isser. He says, no, there's no such thing as Muktza Machmas Mios. No, that's not Muktza. Now we're going to see, there are a few Muktzas that he does agree with. But Muktza Machmas Mios is not one of them. Therefore, I could carry, I can move this lamp on Shabbos. If it's burning right now, this minute, then I can't move it. Why not? Why can't they move a candle that's burning right now? Very interestingly, Rashi says on the spot, Because maybe as you move it, you'll extinguish the flame by mistake. So right away on the side, Agoyz Vitzunim points out, the Marsha points out, that this is not the Maskana of the Gemara. The Gemara goes away from that. So what is it? Oh, Rabbi Gerzi, Yishkoyach. I, I had your thing here. Where was it? Oh, here. You see, people are so kind. Look at this. I got a present. A, a, an ounce of salt, Erev Shabbos. Why? Because this is special salt. Gerzi came all the way. David Gerzi just had a baby. He's busy with his new baby. But he had das, he had, he had the intent to make me happy on Shabbos, so he gave me, he, did, he couldn't afford a whole cup. Uh, you know, this stuff is very, it's hard to come by, but this is already mevushal salt. So there's no issue of pouring this salt, and also he didn't want to insult my wife, it was a lot, and it would say like, listen, something's wrong with her soup. But this is just enough for Shabbos, I didn't use it, I left it, it was very kind. Melech l'Shabes, Daf Membeis, based on the Gemara, based on that sugya, he came all the way to my house to deliver this. Yishkoyach Reb Gerzi. I see you on the screen, so I, I remember. Thanks. Oh, look at this. Anytime we go over 100 people on Zoom, I have a special I know, because we spent extra money to get more than 100. And then and Gary's saying, no, we don't have 100 yet, we're at 30. And no, no, in a few days we'll have 100. So Baruch Hashem, 124 people on Zoom. So every dime, it's worth it. So it goes like this. Over there in the sugya, the end of the sugya, it says that if you have a candle, you should not carry it. Why? Because the candle, it's a buses, ledavar asr. The flame is mukta, and, and, and the rest is, is, is holding the flame. You're holding up the flame. That's the maskana over there. So why does Rashi say over here, Shem Yechaba? So the Taisis Yonder goes into, sometimes Rashi likes to quote, the Havamin of the Sugya. It's not really accurate, it's just telling you what the Havamin of. Okay, fine. 
The bottom line is that according to Reb Shimon, you're not allowed to carry a lit candle, but once it's extinguished, even if it was lit, it's not a problem according to Reb Shimon. He doesn't hold the only issue is according to the Havamina or buses. Okay. Now the Gemara is just going to go through the Shittas, similar to what we have in the Mishnah. You could carry, you could move a brand new lamp. There's no Muksa Machmas Mios, it's not Mios yet. Avalayashon, Divi Rebihut. Yeah, okay, fine. But uh, same thing. Is there a difference? No, somebody was looking for it, that's all. Oh, 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 where to find it? Yeah, okay. Avalayashon, Divi Rebihut. So Rabbi Yehuda is basically saying what the Tanakhama says that a used lamp is Muksa Machmas Mios. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be metaltal on Shabbos. It's muktzah. Reb Meir, Reb Meir doesn't hold of meals, similar to Reb Shimon, but a little different. He doesn't hold of meals. Call aneris metaltalin chutz min aneris by b'Shabbos. Oh, is this Reb Shimon? No. What is he saying? He's saying that if this candle was lit ben hashmoshes, then I can't. I can't carry it anymore. Reb Shimon only says if it's lit right now. Reb Meir says even if it was lit ben hashmoshes, if it was lit ben hashmoshes, what is that called? It's muktza machmas iser. There was an iser done here, and since it was muktza during ben hashmoshes, it's katzay likuli yoyma. It's muktza for the rest of the day. Reb Shimon Oimer, and this is the Reb Shimon we have in our Mishnah, chutz minaner hadoylek b'shabes. It has to be lit right now in order for it to be mukta. If it was lit ben hashmoshes, Reb Shimon doesn't have this migus katsoy lekuli yaima. So we have three shitas here. Kafsa, if it was extinguished, mutil So Reb Shimon says, once it's extinguished, it's, no, it's not mukta anymore. Just because it was mukta ben hashmoshes doesn't continue to be mukta for the rest of the day. Reb Meir says no. If something's mukta during Ben Hashmashais, it's Katsoy Lekuliyayma. Interesting, we're going to see a little bit in Rib Shimon, he changes, not changes, but there's a, he qualifies it a little bit more later. And Rib Yehuda, of course, holds of Mios, so forget about Muksa Machmas Isser. There's another problem of Muksa Machmas Mios, something that's disgusting. Uh, a, an example is a Graf Shurei. Yeah, if you have like one of these pans, for, for waste, human waste, also muksam machmas meal is disgusting. A lot of times you have in the meal, you have like uh, leftover food. Muksam machmas meal, it could be a problem, but certain times you can take it out because you don't want to create an issue in your house on Shabbos, so you can move it, you can get it out of it, you can put it in the garbage can, whatever. It seems like there's a continuation of Rib Shimon. If it's a very large cup, Meaning, it holds a lot of oil that will last me throughout the whole Shabbos. You're not permitted to move it at all. And we're going to see what that means. Who's Rebbe Leazar Bereb Shimon's father? Right, the trick question. Rebbe Shimon. 
Rebbe Lezer bir Rebbe Shimon. Rebbe Shimon that we're talking about. The Rebbe Shimon who says he's very lenient when it comes to Mokta. And there's no Mokta Machmas Mios. There's no Mokta Migadis Katsoi Benashmashis Katsoi Likuliyayma. However, it seems like he says that if there's a lot of oil in the kli, you're not allowed to move it on Shabbos. Comes Rebbe Liezer, his son, and says, Mistapik min anera kovel, umen Hashem in amitaftef, vafilu b'shosh aner doilay. You hear this? Even while the candle is lit, where Reb Shimon would say it's Aser, Yinalado, because of Shamichaba, Basis, all that, says Reb Eliezer, if it doesn't extinguish the flame at all, then I could use the oil as it's lighting. That's a new one. Even as it's lit, it's burning, and it doesn't extinguish, let's say the oil is dripping from the side, whatever, I could use it. Rebbelezer holds like his father in one thing, and he argues with his father in one thing. He agrees to his father, there's no Mokta Machmas Isser, there's no Mokta Machmas Mios. That he agrees. And he argues with his father, as we learned, Rebbe Shimon holds that as the as it's lit, as he's moving around, you can't touch it. But if it's lit, you cannot use it. If it's already extinguished, you could. In, you could use it. Rebeleazar's son holds that even when it's lit, I could benefit from the oil. Says the Gemara, wait a minute, maybe it's not even Reb Shimon that holds that. We just learned that if it's a large cup, you shouldn't move it. Maishnahani. All of a sudden, Reb Shimon says, in a large cup, you can't move. All of a sudden, he holds a mukta. Amr Ullah, Seifa, it's not Reb Shimon. It's Reb Yudah. Reb Yudah doesn't hold a mukta at all. So it doesn't matter if it's a large cup or a small cup. And we're going to see. There's an argument here. But according to Ullah, this is not even Reb Shimon. It doesn't make sense that Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon doesn't hold a mukta. So who cares? It's a very large cup, full of oil, not oil. Who is it? The famous Reb Yehuda. Rabbi Yudha says there is mukta. So if it's a large cup, a small cup, it's mukta, mukta, finished. Maskiflo Marzutra. But Marzutra has a bomb question. And this explains why we said to begin with as Rabshimit. Ihachi mai aval. It says a small cup is not mukta, according to Rabshimin. Aval, but Kaisukara Vashashis, larger vessels, layazimzim kaimam. That makes sense if we're going according to Reb Shimon that he starts off saying, small is not mukta, aval, but, however, a large one is mukta. But if you're telling me it's all Reb Yehuda, so what's aval? Small is mukta, however, a large one is mukta. It doesn't fit. Everything is mukta. What's aval? Aval doesn't make sense. Eloma Mazutra, so therefore Mazutra says, Loyalim Reb Shimon, yes, it is Reb Shimon. But either way, you're going to have an issue here. One, uh, on the one hand, you're going to have the problem with Aval, and then, but you have a problem to understand Reb Shimon. So he says like this. He says, Reb Shimon says that there's no Migudis Katsai. If something is Mukta during Ben doesn't necessarily mean it's Mukta for the whole Shabbos. There is a case where it is mukta for the whole Shabbos. If you have that much oil in the ner, 
So in your mind, you already gave up on that nerf. You're saying this thing's going to light for the whole Shabbos. Then Rabbi Shimon agrees because it's a case where he took it out of his head. He put it inside. What does this katsai mean? He doesn't want to have anything to do with it. What, since this is a case where it makes sense that he doesn't want to have anything to do with it for the entire Shabbos, why? Because there's enough oil in it for the entire Shabbos. So even Reb Shimon admits in such a case, but typically it doesn't hold that. Typically, if, if let's say we had yesterday the case where you have a chick on a basket. So if that chicken is on the basket for two minutes during Ben if you hold that basket is mukta. But according to Rabbi Shimon, it's not mukta. Why? Because the chicken is going to jump off the basket right after Ben But if Rabbi Shimon understood that that chicken is going to be on the basket the entire, the entire Shabbos from beginning to end, even he admits that he just says typically it doesn't happen. When does it happen? In our case, when you have a tremendous amount of oil, you know those seven-day yardside candles, something like that, or a regular yardside candle lasts for 24 hours. So in that case, he says, listen, the guy understands if he lights it now, he's never going to be able to touch it, because Rabbi Shimon holds that when it's lit, you can't touch it on Shabbos. So he knows in his mind that for 24 hours, this thing is gone. So once he was boidal from it, he was maktzed, he put it on the side, then even Rabbi Shimon agrees, according to Marzutra, that it's mukta. Ask the Gemara, wait a minute, what do I do with all the leftover oil? Leftover oil, it says in the Braisa, I'm not allowed to use it. Now it says Kara. Kara is a large bowl. So it seems from here, even a large bowl, Rabbi Shimon says it's, you're allowed to use it. On Shabbos, Hasim Kara, do me dinner. So you have to say the Kara means a small bowl. Similar to a ner. And over here, when we're talking about kois, ka'ara, ashashis, these are three large vessels. Over there, in that price, it means a small one. Just an interesting point. What do we do with leftover oil from Hanukkah lights? You allowed to use it or not? So if you look in Taisvis, the, it's like when it becomes wide, that Taisvis, three lines in, he starts off saying, A Ner Chanukah is for the mitzvah, not so much for his benefit and enjoyment. And he doesn't want it to go out. And he sets it aside for the mitzvah. Ner Shabbos is a mitzvah, but you also light it for your benefit, right? It's Shalom Bayis, it creates light in the house. So he wants it to go out. And therefore he makes a distinction between Ner Shabbos and Ner Chanukah. Ner Chanukah is only for the mitzvah, Ner Shabbos not. Omer of Yeah, like seven lines from the bottom. Omer of Zerah. You have a candlestick. It's a good thing I'm at home now, all by myself. I don't even have mayor today. Candlestick. This is uh, from when we got married. Now, don't, don't, don't judge me on this thing. I think the last time we polished it was also then. But this is a candlestick. Is this meals? This is not meals. 
We light on it. You could touch it. No problem. It's not meals. It's not a piece of earthenware that's soaked with oil. The point is that this doesn't absorb anything. This is metal. So the Gemara plays a game. According to a mayor that doesn't hold of meals, over here he says it's usur. Over there, in the case of a, of a klicheres, where a mayor says it's not mukta because I don't hold of mukta machnas meals, over here he's going to say I hold it's mukta machnas isur. And Rabbi Yehuda that says that it's usur by the small candle that's mukta machnas meals is going to say in our case in a candelabra that it's not mukta. Lemeimra asked the Gemara, the Rabbi Yehuda, Muksa Machmas Mius Isle, Muksa Machmas Isur Lesle. Wait a minute. Rabbi Yehuda doesn't hold a Muksa Machmas Isur. Why do you say it's Mutter? Why is a candelabra not Muksa according to Rabbi Yehuda? He's the one that's Machmer always more than Rabbi Shimon. Okay. Yes. Rabbi Meir, who doesn't hold of Mius, holds a Visser, but who, who says to flip that? Who says that if you hold of Mius, you don't hold a Visser? That doesn't make sense. Not only that, but Tanya Rabbi Yehuda Oimer Kol Aneiru Shemateches Mitaltolin Chutz Min Aimer Shidliku Bei B'Shabes. If it's a metal candle, you're allowed to you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. But if you lit it on Shabbos, it's also to be mitaltol on Shabbos because of Muksam Machanas Isur. Elit Ma'achid, you're right. You have to change it around. Elit Ma'achid, Mar Omer B'Zera Pomech Shidliku Olav B'Shabes. If you lit this Ben Ashmoshoyz. There's a concept of Muksa Machmas Isr. This candelabra was an Isr at one point in time, and therefore I extend that Isr from Benish Moshes all the way throughout the entire Shabbos. And if I did not light with it, since there's no Muksa Machmas Isr Benish Moshes, so it's Mutter for the entire Shabbos. All right. So we learned a little bit about Muksa Machmas Mios. Omer Rav Yehuda, Omer Rav. So Rav Yehuda, famous Rav Yehuda, says the name of Rav. Hold on, what does it say here? Rav Huna, okay. Mito Based on what we learned yesterday with the bed, and today we're learning about a bed, they were very busy with their beds. They were constantly putting stuff on their beds. I shouldn't be talking because we have a guest room that I, I find that, you know, my, the printer before Shabbos has to leave this room, so I throw it on the bed. You could use, you know, bed is a nice flat surface. You only have one or two tables at home, but you have many beds at home. You have different rooms, different things. So you use the bed. What are you going to use the bed for? Your money. Because you don't have a bank. There's no such thing as a bank. This is 1,500 years ago. So where do you put your money? On the bed. Now, notice the word here. Money usually goes... The money usually goes inside the mattress. Mattress threw it in the garbage. With a million dollars. Remember the Holocaust survivor and everybody's searching for her mattress. In the, so, so in those days they were smarter. They didn't put it in. They put it on top. Anyway, they didn't have mattresses. They had, I don't know what they had. They had like a little, uh, they had straw. There's no in and out. It's like, okay. But it seems like they did have. Yesterday we learned they had kariamita. They, they lifted up their, their beds on eggs. So yeah, they had some sort of something. Fine. Yeah, I don't know what the money's doing, why it's on the bed. I don't, okay, in the bed. But it says yichado. What does yichado mean? He just set it aside. He said, this bed is going to be for my money. He never put money there. He used me yachadit. He designated it in his head. That's all. 
Wow. So, I'm not going to move it. Not going to move it. Here comes Taisvis. Very important Taisvis here. The bottom Taisvis on. Nero, Gufa, Osir. So it's two new concepts, very important concepts when it comes to Mukta. And if you learn Simon Shunches and the Mishnah always talks about these concepts. Meaning, if I need to lay down on the bed, I need Gufa. I need the actual Kli. This Kli, this designated money bed, is Mukta, great. But guess what? I need it. I need to take a nap, my Shabbos nap. It's very important. So typically, if I have a hammer, the hammer is a Kli Shemalachdili Isser. It's a, it's, a, it's a vessel designated for Isser to build a house. But right now I need it. Why do I need it? Because I want to crack open a coconut. So Lutzar Gufa is Mutter. Now it becomes not Mukta anymore. But this bed... Even though I need a nap, it's mukta. I can't use it. Why? Because anytime you have mukta machmas gufa, it itself is inherently mukta, like money, then you don't have this heter of letzorich gufa, letzorich makaymai. Let's say the hammer's on my seat, my chair, and I want to sit down. So I pick up the hammer and I toss it. All of a sudden, there's no mukta. Bye-bye. Why? Because that's a klisha malachdili iser. It's a kli. It has function. Other than building, it could do other things. But money has absolutely no function. It's zero. The only thing it could do is buy stuff. And right now it can't buy anything. It's Shabbos. So it's no better than a stone in the street. Where a stone is mukhin machmas gufa. It has no purpose other than throwing it on other Jews or whatever. But it doesn't have a purpose. So if it doesn't have a purpose, then it's mukta. Machmas gufa, and if it's muksa, machmas gufa, I cannot move it. Letzorch gufa, letzorch mekaymay. That's what Taisus says. Nira dafil letzorch gufa, or letzorch mekayma, aser. I would not allowed. I'm not allowed to move it, even if I need to lay down or move the bed. Why? The kivish yichdal lemois shuvenezim imeno shuv tashmish. Ba'avikich hatzaytzrois. It's just like those trumpets we learned in the other sugya that have no purpose other than making sound. And since it's Shabbos, I can't make sound with it. But remember, the shoifar is different. The shoifar, if I could use the shoifar as a cup of water, then all of a sudden it does have purpose, and then I could use it, I could move it. Let's Fine. Next. So now we're talking about a bed. Let's go back to the sugi. We're talking about a bed that a person designated it for his money. Also the tautala, I'm not allowed to move it. Meisvei. I'm allowed to move a brand new candle. Why? How could I use a brand new, how could I move a brand new candle? You just told me that a bed that I designated for money, I can't, I can't move on Shabbos. And a brand new candle in a box, what do I do with a brand new lamp? A lamp, not a candle, a lamp. What do I do with this thing? This, brand new in a box, I could move on Shabbos. Why? Why is this any different than a bed designated for money? This is also designated to light a candle, which is Asr. Avalayashan says, ooh, look at the surprise. Dafman Dalar Mbez. You see what's going on here? You're getting nervous about 11 minutes. Don't worry about it. We have a 45-minute sugi here. Look at these Tysusin, Rabbi Isaac. 
Umaner, I told you about my Rebbe. In Cheder, he had a, a ruler, it was like this size, and he would put it on his Gemara, and if the ruler fit in the Taisis, then we learned it. If it was bigger, he didn't learn it. Here, so these, all these Taisis we would have to learn. Anyway, Umaner Avido, a, a lamp is manufactured for Isser, but if I didn't light it, it's not mukta. Mito, the lav But a bed is made to lay down on, to sleep on. Certainly, it shouldn't be mukta. Just because I designated it in my head, shouldn't make it mukta. We have to, again, another We had one before. This is what Rav said. So it depends. Listen to this. There's two stages, two conditions here. If it's a bed that's designated for money, and he put the money on it before Shabbos, then it's mukta. By the way, we had a very similar sugya with tefillin. Remember, tefillin bag, if it's a bag and he put the money in it, he put tefillin in it, or he didn't put tefillin, he's it for tefillin, but he never put his tefillin in it, and then he did put his tefillin, could you put money in it, could you use it for other things? We had such a sugi in brachas, I think. Yeah? You remember? Somebody remember this? A kiss? Fine. Nobody remembers. Great. Or nobody wants to show off that they remember. So if he designated it on Tuesday and put money on it on Tuesday, then also on Shabbos, even if there's nothing on it, it becomes muktzah. Why? Because he already showed that he used it. Now, let me ask you something. What about a candle? I lit a candle on Tuesday. This thing was lit on Tuesday. Can I move this on Shabbos? You're saying no. I'm saying no. Could I, could I move this on Shabbos? Rabbi Shriver says it depends. Well, yeah, it does depend. Based on what we're saying now, listen to this. He wasn't miyachadit. So it's similar to if a person takes money and puts it on a bed and takes off the money off his bed. Just because he put money on the bed doesn't mean that it's... To me it's a chiddush because this is a lamp and it's made for lighting. Nevertheless, it seems like you have to be miyachadit and you have to light it. And since he only lit it, that's not enough. According to Rabbi Shimon. According to, to the sugi here. So, nachamot. Mitashichadilamoyz. If he was miyachad, he designated it, and in the and he and he physically went and he did what he thought he was going to do, also tatula, then it becomes mukta. If he didn't put any money on it, then you're allowed to move it on Shabbos. Now, this is the halacha. If he didn't do yichud, then if there are physically money on it. If there's money on it, even though he didn't designate it, then it's Asr. Oh? Yeah. I don't know if you're right about that. A, a bed, you have to be miyake and do an action because a bed has numerous actions. So if you want to make a mukta, you have to I didn't know, but I, I understand. Not a candle. I know. I didn't make it up, though. This is what I learned. This is, I, I didn't, I didn't make, if I... On my own, I would never say something like that. You're right. 
I mean, it doesn't make sense to me that much. That's why I'm saying it. It's a chiddush to me. It's a chiddush. Look inside, you'll see. Read Rashi, whatever. Where did I see it? I saw it somewhere. So if I didn't designate it, it depends. If there's money right now, it's mukta. If there's no money, not mukta. Now, but this is a very important line here. What does it mean? As long as there's no money on the bed, Ben Hashemoshes when Shabbos comes in. But if there was money on the bed when Ben Hashemoshes came in, so they say, Okay? The fact that somebody took it off, a guy took it off, a kid took it off, it remains Mokta. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to bring a very interesting sugya of Mokhni. A wheel. And there's a lot of details in the sugya. The bottom line of the question is that we just said that if something's under Ben Hashemoshes, it's Mokta. And we see from here that even if it's on Ben Hashemoshes, it's not Mokta from Mokhni. And the Gemara says, okay, that goes according to Reb Shimon. That doesn't hold of Mokta. So that's the question, that's the answer. Again, we have a place that says that if something's under Ben Hashemoshes, it's not Mokta. Okay, that's Reb Shimon. Reb Shimon doesn't hold of Mokta of Ben Hashemoshes. What's this Mokhni? Mokhni is a wheel. A wheel. This is taken from the Masifta. The wheel in a teva. This guy right over here. This is shida. You sit. This is where people sit. Things sit in this box. The halacha is that if something is larger than forty saw, if it takes up the volume of forty saw, you put this in a swimming pool, and more than forty saw of water come out of the swimming pool. In other words, it has more than forty saw of volume. According to Basil, you measure the volume. With the outside, the outside of the kli, you don't fill up the inside. According to Bishami, you fill up the inside. So according to Basil, that you, if this is more than 40 saw, it's not Mechabal Tumah. I could go into Besakfaris with this. I could, I could sit inside here and go over the Kvarim, and I'm not Tommy. The question is, what Allah do the wheels have? Are the wheels part of this or not part of it? Now, if the wheels aren't part of this mukhni, of this uh, shida, if the mukhni, the wheels, are not part of the shida, then it's very interesting. Then, the wheels would be mikabal tumah on their own. If they step over a grave or something, they become tamay, and the rest doesn't become tamay because they're not connected. So if these wheels are what's the word, they can be detached, they come off, they come apart, whatever, they come apart, like a wheel on a car, comes off, then the wheel is not part of the box, it's not part of the car. So if I drive through the base Kvaras, the whole box is not Tomei, the wheel becomes Tomei. Now, another halacha, the reverse also, let's say the box does become Tomei because it's less than 40 saw, the box is Tomei, but it doesn't, it doesn't give Tumah over to the wheel, because the wheel, yes, it might be touching the box, but a Kli that touches another Kli doesn't become Tameh. They're not connected. The bottom line is they're not connected. If, they, if you can remove the, the wheel from it. So says the Gemara inside, Masav Rebbe Now, another very important thing is, I, don't, I didn't take the picture, but this wheel, 
Similar to our wheels today, I guess of the car, that they're hollow. So it's not a solid piece of wood. So it has a toich because you need to have, a, what do you call it, a, it has to be able to accept money. It has to be a kli. Otherwise, if, if it's a piece of salad, then, then it doesn't work, this whole, this whole sugya. So okay, so you have a wheel. Bismanchi nishmetas, if it could come off, ain chibur la. So it's not connected, it's not considered one piece with the wagon. So therefore, if there's tum on the wheel, that tumma doesn't go to the wagon. If there's tum on the wagon, it doesn't go to the wheel. If I were to try to measure 40 saw to see if this thing has 40 saw and it's not makabal tumma, I must remove the wheels before I put it into a very large swimming pool because... Just because 40 saw of water comes out, that's with the wheels. I can't count the wheels. The wheels are not part of it. So Rashi says something. They find it very hard to understand Rashi. I'll explain as much as I know and I understand. You see, I have this tool here. And if the tool is over the base akvaris, then the tool becomes tummy. But if there's a wheel here, so since, since the wheel itself is mikabal tuma, then the tuma goes up into, the, into this tool and becomes tummy. If it's part of the wagon, then, it's, then it could protect the tool from tuma. But Rashi goes in, and I don't understand it, and I, I didn't find a good shot for it. He makes a difference between whether the wheel is higher up than the wagon or lower down than the wagon. Okay, they say it's hard to understand Rashi. So you cannot, listen to this, this is an amazing halacha. If there's money in that hollow of the wheel, then I, can't, I cannot move the wheel. It's mukta, it's full of money. Unbelievable. If the wheel is part of the wagon, then I could move it. Why? Because it's bottled to the wagon. The main thing is a wagon. It just so happens that a wagon has a silly little wheel full of money. But that, that's not my concern. But since the wheel is independent of the wagon, and that wheel has money, so the wheel is mukt and I can't move it. So I saw in the Mishnah Brewer amazing chiddush here. That's Nagel Maisa sort of. If you take this concept, it's almost the opposite of what you would think. So if a guy has a wallet sewn into his pocket, what would you say? It's full of money on Shabbos. Could I move it? You shouldn't wear it. The Mishnah Bruce says you shouldn't wear that because you might come out, you might, you might be metallic, you might go into Rosh Hashanah on Shabbos. But forget about wearing it. Could I take it off my bed? It's money. It's usher to move. We said it's usher to do on Shabbos. But it's sewn into my pocket. It's sewn into my pants. Or another example he gives, you have a desk that has a money, something that, that's made for money, you know, a little lock, a little, a little built-in thing. So built-in and sewn into the pants is good. Why? Because the main thing is the pants. The wallet is secondary. So I can move my pants. But if the wallet is not sewn in, like most of us don't have sewn-in wallets, but some of us might have like a little zipper pocket for change. That says the Mishnah is okay. 
But a wallet that's not sewn in, then all of a sudden now you're carrying a wallet. The wallet is independent of the pants. I cannot move those pants off my bed. You hear the chiddush? Could this be like a could this be like a car key, house key attached to each other? So if I need the house key, I don't care about the car key. That's that's something that's something that we were talking about yesterday of buses, the dover osur mutter. It's a little different. It's different. Over here we're talking about yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Same key ring, but is it... It would be much better if you had keys that are attached to your pants. You know, some people have those machers, have those special keychains, and they're, it's stuck to you, you know? It has a little thing that comes in and out. They love that thing. So if it's glued onto your pants, then you're allowed to move your pants on Chavez, but keys are different. Keys have a different iser. That's a cliche malachtila iser. I'm talking about a worse muktzah. I'm talking about money. Money is the worst of the worst. Because it has no purpose. What can you do with a, with a shekel on Chavez? What are you going to do with a, with a dollar bill on Chavez? Nothing. You can make a, a, a paper airplane with it. What are you going to do? Use it for toilet paper? What are you, gonna, you can't do anything with it. So it has no purpose. A key has a purpose. You can turn on a car on Chavez and drive to the hospital or whatever. I don't know. You can do something with it. Fine. Akoponim. I was just throwing out that chiddush. I thought it was, a, it was a beautiful idea that if it's sewn into the pants, then it becomes butter to the pants, even though it's money. If it's not sewn into the pants, so the same thing over here. If the wheel is part of the wagon, then it becomes butter to the wagon, so even though it has money, I can move it. If it's not attached to the wagon, it is attached, but it's independent of the wagon because it comes on and off, then it's not part of the wagon, then it's mukta. It itself is mukta, and I, it doesn't become butter to the wagon. I can't move it on Shabbos. Let's go weiter. So what do you see? That even though the money's on there in Benesh Moshois, I'm allowed to move it. And we just said that if it's there on Benesh Moshois, I'm not allowed to move it. The Leslie Mokta. Rabbi Shimon doesn't hold the Mokta Benesh Moshois. The Rav gave you the Sphere. And Rav holds that there is Mokta Benesh Moshois. Now, very interesting, very important Rashi here. Very important. The last Rashi on the page. Money you can't do anything with. All of a sudden, we find a case where Shimon agrees to Mukta. I mean, we spoke about before if it's Migadis Katsayid for the entire day. But here's a Mukta that Rabbi Shimon admits to. All the other Muktas, Rabbi Shimon argue with Rabbi Yudin. No Mukta. No Mukta of Isra, no Mukta of this. This Muxim Machmas Gufa that has zero purpose, a stone on Shabbos, even according to Rib Shimon, is Muqtza because it has no purpose. Rib Shimon just doesn't agree to the concept of Migadis Katsoi Benashmashis is Katsoi Lekuliyayma. Let's just learn a couple more lines here. Achinami Mistabra, the Rib Yudah Svirilei, the Rav Kirib Yudah Svirilei, the Rav holds like Rib Yudah, the Hoza Muqtza is Katsoi Benashmashis. This is also amazing chiddush. Exact opposite of what you would think. If you have a candle, you could put it on a tree on Shabbos. But you cannot put it on a tree on Yontif. Now to go on a tree on Shabbos is Asr. Why? If there's a concept of so therefore, I am not going to go on my tree on Shabbos. I have no concern that I'm going to go and start breaking branches off on Shabbos 
Why? Because this candle is mukta. Why is it mukta? Because it's mukta bein hashmash, it's mukta for the whole Shabbos. So put it on a tree before Shabbos. But a yontif that I'm allowed to use a candle, so I'm going to want to light a fire, I'm going to want to light my cigarettes, I'm going to go climb up a tree and start breaking branches on yontif. So Mamela, it's also to put a candle before yontif. But that only works if you hold of the concept of Migudis Katsoi Ben Hashmoshes. Eliyamr is Kiribashim and Svirlei, Mali Shabbos, Mali Yontif. So you see that Rav holds, like Rabbi Huda, with the concept of Migudis Katsoi Ben Hashmoshes, is Katsoi, the Kula Yoyma. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow, Be'ez Hashem, at 7.15. Noam will lead us with some Tehillim. I'm